Welcome, welcome to. I don't know why I'm doing this voice, but I like it. Okay, I'm doing it again. Welcome, welcome to this special one year anniversary episode of the Linen Suit and Plastic Tie Podcast. This is the podcast where we dissect and analyze the power of storytelling and learn how to harness it to supercharge our everyday lives. I'm Gorv. And I'm Kevin. And as loud as Gorv usually is, this is yet another level of yelling. Yeah, I'm excited. Kev, how do you feel? One year. That's one year of 23 episodes. Over 20 amazing expert storytellers from all different backgrounds and weird experiences. We had psychologists, authors, professors, writers, comic book people. It was it was a real eye-opening experience. It's also, don't forget about the, the musicians, the mythologists, engineers. All those people we get to talk to. And just, I think, Rob, we both knew when we started that we would want to keep doing this and we we would be able to hit this one year anniversary point but when it's actually happening right now and we're we're talking about it we're recording this episode it, it just feels so surreal to me for sure and you know want and can are so different i look back on this year and i reflect all the times where we didn't know if we were gonna have a guest next week yeah, which or, was all the time, basically. Which is which was all the times. Um, uh, you know, I think we gotta just thank, thank our expert storytellers who, for some reason, gave us their very, very valuable time and taught us something new about storytelling. And of course, thank you, the ones who are listening to us right this moment. You'll look great. You're doing great. Um, and thank you for your support. I am so glad that you're hearing our voices and listening to these amazing stories. So Kev, who are we talking today for this special one year anniversary episode? For this full circle moment, we are bringing back our inaugural guest, Dr. Tara Prescott Johnson, to walk through with us again, how uh, have our stories changed over the past year? And um, get to chat a bit about, I guess, everything that we're thinking of uh, at this special moment of one year anniversary. So uh, let's dive back into it. Dr. Tara Prescott Johnson, welcome back. I am so honored after listening to all of these talented, amazing guests that you have I just feel so humbled um, to be invited back. This is this is a great honor. Thank you. No, Anna's all eyes. I mean, it's so exciting, you know, uh, to be hit the one year mic and to be able to bring it back to you and with all the lessons you started us off on and the ones we came back to time and time again. But before we get too deep, Kev, why don't you start us off the way we always start off? Yes, and we do get to switch it up a little bit because uh, Tara is. The first guys who's coming back to the show so can you tell us a little bit about yourself again uh, not only what is your story but also how has your story changed since we last met sure um so i am a continuing lecturer in writing programs at ucla so i teach um, a lot of different types of writing courses and literature courses um, i also teach graduate students how to teach 
uh, writing courses, very meta. Um, my story, I've always really been very bookish and nerdy um, and interested in a lot of things and have bounced around. I think several of the guests that you've had have a theater background, which I think is interesting. I do too. Um, I think there's something about enjoying performing for people and sharing stories with people with, that go together with teaching. So it's not surprising. Um, and some of the big changes that have happened in the past year besides, you know, worldwide pandemic finally, maybe coming to an end, we hope, um, is I spent the last nine years living in a dorm, as you know, with students. Um, and this is my, my first time, I, we moved into, we bought a house, so that's huge. Um, so it's my first time being a homeowner, um, my first time living off campus in nine years. Several of your, your guests have talked about identity shifts. I just had a big one. And I've got another huge identity shift. Uh, I can hear the, the clock ticking on that one. Uh, in December, I will be uh, adding to our family. So you probably know I have a three-year-old and I will have a newborn um, in December. So that's the way things in our family go. We like to do major events just all at once. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's what's been going on for the past year. But before we jump into your um, questions, which are gifts for me, um, I have a gift for you that's questionable. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm so nervous about I'm this. I'm a little scared, not gonna lie. But also really quick, congratulations. That's yes. so exciting. Oh my God. Yes. That's so exciting. Yes. New house. <laughs> growing family um that's great i mean yeah it'd probably be hard to have two little ones living in a dorm so <laughs> good time for a move i mean it's it's gonna be hard no matter what um but i can guarantee you there will be some stories that come out of this and that makes it all even better but okay um this is for you <laughs> okay <laughs> all right I call this linen suit and plastic tie, 22 episodes in 42 lines. Warning, steep learning curves ahead, cue Johnny Cash. The origin of linen suit and plastic tie is tied up in a hitch. Slicing pizza into a pepperoni stock split, you didn't need high production value, just some sweet dole whip. The podcast gold rush, rushing through the airwaves, confidence deepened your voices. A podcast with flaws like Spider-Man in Oz makes it superhuman and relatable. Can making content make you content? A lot of these apps point to yes. Stan Lee's laziness led to ageless narratives, so make mine marvel. When the social media elephant in the room collects your data, and elephants can remember, does it take you back to an 80s bar where everybody knows your name? AR killed the video star. AR killed the video star on my phone and in my car. 23 apps, you've come so far. COVID came, Zoom broke your heart, but Tesla's engineer can design your car. Remember, if it's not serving you, write it out. Save your water for the good plants. Capitalism is a story that no longer works, but together we can learn to write a new one, a true one. So what's your story? And how do you solve a problem with Sophia? How do you feed a dog that is a chomper? How do you find a guest host like Sophia? NFTs, bagels, please, Gandalf in a romper. 
if the best stories have yet to be told, I can't wait to see what season two has and will hold because every episode has a piece of you, Gaurav and Kevin, and that becomes a piece of us, the listeners. And this is a note from me to you. Happy anniversary. Uh, that was amazing. That wow. honestly, that was spectacular. I am, uh, I am no words, no words, and I am very often not. I'm very not often speechless. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> I am speechless for sure. I have a cheat sheet that shows all the references to all the episodes. It probably would be even better if it was revised. <laughs> no, that was perfect. That, that was, was amazing. But. Um, scrappy and by the seat of your pants and working with what you have is what this podcast is about so that's what i'm gonna go for Um, yeah i appreciated that so much i loved all the little callbacks and all the ways it was tied together i mean we talked about this a little bit early on i mean it's the idea of every expert is so different and so unique and brings some weird thing but they all tie together so well and in the same way and it's funny because I was talking to Kevin earlier about storytelling and like the whole point of this was to ask the question, what is storytelling? Understand storytelling. And I probably understand it less if that makes sense now, just because we've gotten such yeah. a deep understanding of how vast this topic is. And I feel like I can talk about storytelling all day now, but I have a much deeper understanding of how important and big the topic is itself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like we're at the step of learning that that is uh, we know how much or we're, we're starting to realize how much we don't know about a certain topic well that that was actually one of my questions for you um one of your guests had said that you need to sort of create your mission statement um when you're making a product or something and then over time adjust it and revisit it um and i've seen over the the scope of your episodes you've created some rules for yourselves you know they're going to be 20 minutes. No, they're going to be 30 minutes. Nope. You know what? Throw that out the window. Two-parter. Um, they're going to be recorded. No, they're going to be live. Um, it's going to be about business. No, it actually doesn't have to be about business. Um, so I'm kind of curious, now that you can wrap a bow on season one, um, what will you change for season two? Like, um, what new rules might you try or break? You know, it's funny because every single one of those things you pointed out was a deep fight between me and Kevin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and what's great is it's also one thing I want to tie back way to the first episode we did with you was this idea of constraints and yes. working within constraints and storytelling within constraints and how important constraints actually are and how they can incite some of the great, most creative things because it allows you to be a little bit more focused and it allows you to do things differently and be creative. So we know the importance of rules. That's what I'm trying to say as you listen to the season one that had jumping between them. We know the importance of rules and we know that rules have helped us a lot, like making sure that we have, you know, intro um, content, top hat, suspenders. Like we have all these aspects that we know we have to hit. It allowed us to be more fruitful and it's like in the first episode, we recorded with you for like two hours. That was insane. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I No, that realize. was us. No, that like was we us. had no plan. And we realized immediately <laughs> after this makes no sense. And then we structured it and then it got better. And then it allowed us to be more focused and targeted. Um, so Wait, what, are you, what are you going to do to stop that from happening today? I have no idea. 
Um, I think we're gonna try to keep it to an hour. We're gonna we're gonna do an hour. I think that's what we've think, been trying yeah. to do. We're gonna do an hour. Um, but the first thing you brought up in that list was the time. You know, twenty minutes and thirty minutes and forty minutes. And uh, the idea was after the first few episodes was that everything was gonna be thirty minutes, and then story times were gonna be forty five minutes, and story times were gonna be the times where we can break all the rules. Uh, because we can do them live. We can do it where Sophia hosts half of it. We can do weird things like that. Um, this was a deep fight between Kevin and I because <laughs> Kevin, uh, you know, we share a lot of responsibilities, but near the end, Kevin started taking on more and more of the editing responsibilities. Uh, but it's this fight because I wanted us to be a little bit more constrained, a little bit more uh, digestible, a little bit shorter. And Kevin's like, this needs to be six hours. And I'm like, well, it can't be. <laughs> um, so it's it's one of those things where we've debated a lot and we know we're going to go into season two with a longer episode format uh, to give stuff more room to breathe. And I think it started out with me being a little afraid to let things breathe. Like I was very worried people were going to drop off and not listen to the whole thing. And I think Kevin had a little bit more confidence in it. And I think now I do as well, and which opens up to 45 minutes. First of all, for our listeners, uh, fight is a very metaphorical <laughs> term. <laughs> we're using um we're, we're we're we came out unscathed it came out just fine it's more of a kind of back and forth between Grover and i to reevaluate you know the, the kind of constraints or um goals we have for ourselves in, in terms of content format how much we like that uh with respect to the the great conversation that we have and, and i think that it really still aligns with uh, the fact that this podcast uh, is a huge learning process uh, for ourselves uh, as uh, podcasters. We are constantly aware that uh, the goals and constraints we first set out to do may not necessarily be applicable as uh, we uh, get more experience or have more great and fun conversations with these amazing people. We, you know, obviously want to make content. Uh, that are informative and entertaining and, and delivering in such a way that uh, people can, uh, you know, still uh, stay engaged and interested in, but also at the same time, you know, we have so much great content. Another thing to this is the constructive aspect and the, the, the beauty in this disagreement between uh, me and Gaurav is that we uh, have different perspective on things, but we trust e each other so much and we work towards the same goal. So we're able to have this uh, discussion on a lot of different things so that we can, you know, push each other forward and uh, steer this podcast into a direction that uh, we both uh, really uh, enjoy. So, you know, yes, season two, we're probably going to have a longer episode format, but also uh, who knows, maybe we'll have uh, even more unexpected role changes, but hopefully more planned out than season one was, but uh, we'll have to see. One of the things I noticed in listening to all of your episodes um, is little pieces of your background kind of sneak in here and there. I know a lot of the background because I was your neighbor and lived underneath you <laughs> for oh, a year. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I suspect your, li your listeners would like, would like more. It's a very good point. And it's something in the beginning that we were like, okay, we're not going to do this. We're going to focus on our guests because our guests are always so fascinating, right? And that was like one of our on earliest fights. Yeah. So we're like, we're going to focus on us in story time. We're going to do story times. And then we met with a mentor of ours and he was like, you know, it's really important that 
you guys are consistent recurring characters in your show that brings people together, brings people to the next one. So it's about kind of deliberately, like almost like a sniper, deliberately putting in personal facts. And it's something we've been trying to do more and more because it's so important to the overall story of the podcast. The fact that we are consistent characters. <laughs> Emphasis on the term character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's about, you know, it's something Kevin talks about too. It's about being 110% of ourselves. Um, like uh, in our last episode, Kevin made me re-record the intro three times until my energy level was there. Um, and that was one of the biggest feedback we got from the last episode was, wow, that intro caught us. So being an audio forward person, uh, it's something we talked about a lot with Avery Truffleman is about being a character of yourself. And it's something we learned through the podcast, through the people we talked to. I, I think Rob and I have discussed that a lot from the very beginning. Um, you know, the, the, there is this aspect of us uh, when we first started not really knowing how to tell our stories. I mean, we still don't to an extent, which is why we're still constantly learning through these conversations. But over time and, and um, you know, that's another uh, important realization that this is our show. This is our show and we need to have our flavors added into it. We need to establish ourselves as characters on the show. So yeah, uh, another, you know, change to expect in season two. Hopefully, you know, we can integrate that uh, organically. Thank you so much for all that. I mean, this is exactly what we wanted yes. uh, from you as kind of like our storytelling professor. I think that's what we, we deemed you in the first episode. And um, it's great feedback. Some stuff we've talked about, some stuff we haven't. And it's, just, it's that kind of idea that we're constantly trying to learn. And through this podcast, we, we just want to learn more about what is storytelling. And along the way, you know, we still have no idea. So it's great to get <laughs> feedback. Thank you so much for listening. But um, I would love to turn that question on you as well. What is storytelling? So I've been thinking about that. Um, it is the oldest form of transmitting a piece of yourself to somewhere or sometime or someone else. And it's entertainment, it's knowledge, it's love, it's a way to pass the time and it's a way to spend a lifetime. <laughs> you know, I love what you said about like the oldest because, you know, I think storytelling and it's something we talked a lot. I keep referencing old episodes because it's, it's all I can think about. Recently. But it's something we talked a lot with John Booker uh, about old stories yeah. and how they are changing, but there's still so many core fundamentals with different cultures and different times about communicating information. And it comes back to like, I'm very interested in mythology. And that's because the original myths these, these stories, Greek mythology, fairy tales, all had very poignant purposes of teaching us something about the world. And that's what I love about storytelling. And it's everything storytelling. Like before we had scientific reasons for things, we had a myth for it. Like we had a reason why it rained, why it rained. We had a reason why Delphi could tell us these mythical things. We had stories as reasons. So I, I, I love that description. I love that idea. And you can see that I love geeking out on storytelling. One of your guests was talking about the didactic uh, function of stories, like the, especially fairy tales, originally to teach children very important lessons for how to survive and how to like cope with life. 
that got sort of watered and changed in Disney five, although we love Disney um, <laughs> over time. We do love Disney. Don't we come do after Disney. us. We uh, promise. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about that because uh, I study a lot on the work of Neil Gaiman and Gaiman believes in um, honoring and respecting children as being they're able to um, handle more than we give them credit for. So as I mentioned earlier, I now have a three-year-old and I think a lot about the stories I read to her. Um, and because she can't read yet, I sometimes will edit the, the books as I'm going. If I come across something, not for scary purposes, usually sexist purposes, there's a lot mm -hmm. of sexist um, books on our bookshelf. <laughs> um, sometimes I sneak and get them out of here when she's not looking. Um, but I'm much more aware of how important stories are to a young person um, and the way that she, she uses them to express the way that she's thinking or feeling um, when she can't express it in her own language yet is fascinating to me. Um, this is a side story, I promise tangents. Um, my little girl's Molly and Molly is obsessed with minions. Like I can't even, we had a minion donut party uh, last weekend um, in which we all dressed as minions and ate donuts and had a bounce house, which was amazing. Um, but one of the really interesting things is that Molly has never seen Despicable Me, any of the minion movies, cartoons. Um, I haven't either. Um, and she had, for whatever reason, maybe it's like amazing marketing, maybe just because they're so friendly and yellow and bright, who knows? Um, she loves these things and has created this really rich imaginary world of what her different stuffed minions do and how they live. Um, they have helicopters, by the way, and they drive convertibles. As soon as she learned what a convertible was, Minion has a convertible, which was our way of knowing, okay, Molly's into convertibles. Um, and she just like has these really rich stories she makes up about what the Minions do. And so my partner and I, before this party, we're like, well, should we watch Despicable Me? It's a little strange that we're dressing at these characters that we don't actually know what they're like. Um, and we're worried that it might be disappointing, like that the real thing may not lead up, like live up to our three-year-old's imaginary version of Minions. Um, so she's, she's creating stories without knowing that she's doing it, without knowing what any of the rules are. Um, and they're compelling enough that we're following them and are, don't even kind of want to see the source material that somehow inspired them, despite the fact that she never saw it. <laughs> There's so much to unpack there. Um, one thing really quick off the bat, I love Neil Gaiman as well. Um, I uh, did finish his masterclass uh, very recently, loved it. Um, it's great throughout becoming more engulfed in storytelling, watching these different masterclasses and uh, watching these different storytellers talk and seeing the similarities. Um, and I think uh, Neil Gaiman is obviously a genius, obviously a really good thinker. And what I loved was him talking about comic books versus novels and finding those grooves. Because we talked a lot about that on the show. And then tying it back to kids, we've talked a lot, strange amount actually, about the importance of storytelling to children. Yeah. It was never a main tenet, I don't think. But mm -hmm. we talked about it with Kevin Burke. We talked about it with Dr. Andrea Letamendi. We've talked about it with a ton of different guests because... It's how they experience the world. And it's, again, why representation is so important. I like that you gave yourself permission to make a podcast instead of 
waiting for someone to tell you that you were good enough to do it or that you were interesting enough to do it or that, you, know, you, you just gave yourself permission to do it, um, which is huge. Yeah. Sure. And you know, something funny about that is I feel like I spent the first three or four months of the show still justifying it to people. It's like, oh, I have a podcast, but this is why, or we don't know anything. And we like, and that was a shift for me where it's like, I have a podcast this is about, I think it's really interesting. Like shifting from being like, oh, I have a podcast. Well, it's because I was um, looking for a creative outlet and I don't know what storytelling is. And I was interested And that shift from having to justify it to my, to other people like, oh, I don't think I'm cool enough to have a podcast. This is just why to being able to say, this is it. This is why I do it. I think it's really interesting was really a big shift for me. Your, I think your episode, What the F is a Finfluencer. Fin um, what I really appreciate was he was talking about sort of like how democratic the process is that, you know, if you were talking about, say, film, the barrier to entry was actually quite high. You needed all these people, you needed this enormous budget. Um, and there's something so liberating about, um, you know, being able to just record your voice on the phone at the very lowest level. Um, and that it became about the content less about how expensive the equipment was that, you know, obviously you, you put a lot of time into poor, poor Kevin's doing a, a lot of behind the scenes editing that we're not seeing. Um, but the, the barrier to entry um, is a lot lower, which um, gives a richness to the amount of people who can, can try these sorts of things. Um, and I thought that was really interesting to hear in that episode. I think given that kind of uh, how democratic content creation gets nowadays, um, the biggest barrier that we had was more internally. We, we kind of had to justify us having zero experience starting podcasts for ourselves. Um, but I, I think for me at the time, um, it was easier almost because it was just one day Gaurav calling me and said, hey, let's start a podcast. And immediately in my head, I went, okay, here's a simple question. Do I want to have a podcast or would I rather not have a podcast? And then the, the answer was simple to me. Uh, and we just sat down and we got to do it. And really, I think it would not have been possible without this guy right here taking the initiative. I, I, so I, I haven't been saying that enough to him, but I really appreciate uh, Gaurav for coming to me with this idea to, to uh, for taking that initiative and uh, starting starting this all. I mean, that's giving me way too much credit uh, because <laughs> idea is a strong word. Um, um, I think because like I didn't have a name, I didn't really have a thought idea. I didn't have a I, format. I came up with a name on a first try. <laughs> I came up with a name on the first try. I like six terrible names, and Kevin's like, like, damn, that's good. Um, but like there was so much that wasn't developed. And I think the most important thing when you start a podcast and is people under, like when we, we have a lot of coffee chats now with people who want to start a podcast and we're like, I don't know why you're coming to us, but sure, we can, we can pretend like we know what we're doing. Um, and we're like, we start walking people through it because we're very open books. We're like, this is what I do. And I think people don't realize the time aspect of it because people assume we're just recording conversations and publishing conversations which we are but people don't realize how boring parts of conversations you have can be <laughs> and this is really important because like we have really good conversations with our friends we have really deep connections but in between those moments of deep conversations there's a lot of just nothingness we were like yeah. 
yeah, cool, yeah. And that's the difference. This is yeah. a, it's the same thing with writing um, is that when it's done really well, you don't see the seams. It looks like it just flowed out of someone, you know, perfect. Um, and the more like easy it seems, the more that you know someone put a ton of time into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's running a small business and we balance each other out really well in that aspect where Kevin pulls me back on a lot of really strange tangents and ideas and helps me structure a lot of stuff. Um, yep. <laughs> and uh, we've changed the show a lot because of that. And it's, it's, it's grown a lot with us, which is really, really cool. Somewhere I imagine there's like a, an Excel or like a spreadsheet on the side where Kevin keeps track of how many comics references you make um, and then <laughs> cuts you off, right? That's how it works. Oh, oh yeah. There Absolutely. was definitely a whole episode with, um, I forget who, but uh, we started talking about, uh, it was with, it was with, Kevin Book. We started talking about a very specific story arc in uh, Spider-Man and Kevin's like, no one's gonna get this. And I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the, the amount of time we had to put in this. Well, I mean, that's an, another thing that we had no idea going in, but um, uh, and that was a whole learning process in itself is that you know. So, I mean, with that, you have to love it. I think that's yeah. the crucial difference yes. people forget yes. with podcasting is this idea that it's really cool to have a podcast, but if you don't love it, if you started a podcast because you're like, it's cool to have a podcast, you're going to stop. Yeah, it takes soon. a lot of willpower to commit into the, the hours. It's like the best part of the show is talking to people. Like the, the hour, like every in between episodes, I have sometimes mini crises where I'm like, what are we doing? Is this yeah. doing anything? And then we get into a conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, this, this is why, is why we do we're it. doing this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I imagine a certain amount of people that are starting podcasts are doing it, um, hoping for a side gig, hoping for funding or a way of like promoting a brand or the influencer trend. Um, and I don't get that feeling off this at all. Um, it, you know, you're inviting us basically into your, your college dorm room, which you're not in anymore. Um, but I feel like I'm there and I see the cast of characters, you know, the friends that you hang out with come in. I hear your professors. I hear those like late night, amazing conversations that really mostly happen in college. And it feels like that. Um, and I love being able to revisit that no matter where I am, because it's very difficult for, you know, uh, a mom with a three-year-old and one on the way to, to stay up to, you know, one or 2 a.m. talking about, the, you know, the finer points of Endgame. Um, but your, your podcast brings me back to that and I can, I can revisit it whenever I want to, which is, again, the transformative power of storytelling. Um, I do hope at some point you make money off this. Um, <laughs> that would so be a bonus. Money. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, the kazoo manufacturers out there clearly need <laughs> to have product placement on this, or at least the people who make your plastic ties. Um, but if doing it in itself is rewarding, um, then keep doing it. Uh, and the other stuff would be icing if it happens, which I hope it does. And I think several of the people who've come and talked to you who know way more about this than I do, um, have faith that, you know, that's where this is heading. Um, but I, I think you've already succeeded like beyond your expectations, um, what you've created in just the first season. 
funding would be so nice. But no, <laughs> uh, I think that's the most important point. We are still shocked daily by the people who said yes. It, it doesn't make sense to us <laughs> by the people who said yes. I mean, because we have no online presence, really. We have no experience. We're not the most well-connected people in the world. Um, like, uh, we're not using the brand of a university or using the brand of a company. We are just two people who are emailing people. And because of the kindness of strangers, mm-hmm. that's all this is, the kindness of strangers, they're letting us ask dumb questions. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's been the most, that's what I feel I'm most grateful for is the people who gave us their time when one, they don't have time to give and two, um, they're just insanely smart. Like you, for example, who has another kid on the way, already has a kid, super busy, full-time professor, but giving us your time is just, we're so thankful for that. I hope everyone knows that. Yeah, we, we definitely so appreciate everyone of our guests for, uh, you know, talking to us, spending the time uh, and, and lending us their stories and, and knowledge and wisdom. And as Grove said, every one of them has great, really fun and like so fun is in, it seems impossible types of interesting life stories. And, you know, we didn't even get to talk about uh, this about you, Tara, but you volunteer dives at uh, Aquarium of the Pacific weekly and you <laughs> hiked the Appalachian Trails by yourself, which, wow, how do you even do that? But yeah, we, I have to jump in because you're the episode I listened to last night when she was talking about identities, the one that I listened to last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and being able to call yourself um, someone who meditates, even if you don't do it all the time, like allowing yourself to have that. And that really struck with me because yes, um, as a volunteer scuba diver, telling stories underwater, <laughs> in a, uh, I used to do that every Friday and it got shut down um, because of COVID. Um, and it was really, really hard. And even when it slowly started cutting back, um, I can't actually do it now medically uh, because of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was so frustrating to me because I identified as, a, you know, a volunteer scuba diver. Scuba diver is like part of what I did. And I was like, oh, I'm not really a scuba diver anymore, except that I am, uh, according to her rules. Um, I'm someone who loves being in the water and looking at the, the world and sharing that with other people. And we'll do it again um, as soon as I'm allowed to no longer be a host to <laughs> an infant. Um, I did go snorkeling in Catalina. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, boy, the water's cold. Um, and it was as close to scuba diving as I could get. So I really loved hearing that, like giving yourself the permission to keep having that identity, even when things prevent you um, from doing it. I mean, I, yes, I love solo backpacking the AT. Um, probably couldn't do it right now because I'm carrying, you know, basically the whole backpack of weight on the front of me <laughs> in addition to the pack. <laughs> But it doesn't change that I'm an AT hiker. One of your um, one of your guests, uh, he was just referencing his his father being the was it the <laughs> the stunt coordinator um, of the Ewoks. Like that was one of my favorite tidbits. And he talked about the ATATs or the ATSTs. And my my AT trail name was ATAT Walker. And I so I was like, oh, like that's still 
the thing he said means something to me because I'm still ATAT Walker, even though I'm, you know, sleeping in a, in a bed with a roof over my house and, you know, feeding a child, um, I still have that identity. So gosh, your, your episodes have helped me in these ways that I wouldn't have predicted. Thank you for the, the people that you have picked are just fascinating to listen to. Well, thank you for saying that. That means so much to us. And I mean, yes. We spend a lot of time spamming people's inboxes, um, <laughs> but the people who respond are just the best. And, you know, it's something you brought up was labels and labels is something we've, we've talked a lot about on the show. Again, not purposely a byproduct of the show. Uh, we talked about it with Sarah Nurabi. We talked about it with Dr. Sahara Youssef. We've talked about it throughout the show about how labels have a power of limiting us. And I was always thinking about, okay, so labels are bad, limiting, limiting. And then when we talked to Sahar, we talked about how they can also empower us. And then coming back to the podcasting is like being able to call ourselves podcasters was really empowering in a sense because it gave us a little bit of like legitimacy to be like, you know what? We have an audience. We think you're really great. And, you know, if you're willing to give us our time, we think we could have a great conversation. And that was a really interesting kind of label shift for us because labels are such an important part of our society and they're not going anywhere and they shouldn't but we have to use them correctly and i think another side to what we're doing on the show uh, which i think is very important along the lines of labels is that um by hearing about uh the stories of our guests we get to learn about them beyond the labels that we see on their personal websites or LinkedIn profiles. Uh, and, and through the process, you get to realize, oh, these are, yes, these are, we knew that these are uh, unconventional experts, storytellers coming into the conversation, but they're also such amazing human beings in so many different ways. And they like these many different things that you don't expect from like these people who have typically have these labels. And that's, I, that I think is another really powerful thing of us doing the show is celebrating, really celebrating uh, people's stories. And I'm just really glad that, that we're able to do that. I'm gonna peel back the curtain for your, your listeners a bit. So you sent me um, 10 questions ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, I think we answered two. So yeah. you jettisoned the rest, which I understand why. But I'm going to take one back, and I'm going to sure. I'm going to I'm going to take question nine that you sent to me. And what is something we can do to become better storytellers? Um, and for that, for the audience, I'm going to say, listen to this podcast. Oh. Try summarizing it to someone else. Um, so there, I I just hijacked your podcast. No, yeah. I mean, thank you so much for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cut down on Kevin's editing time. So <laughs> what are, um, what are your tricks for um, keeping, keeping it shorter? What's the, like the, the big cane that like comes out and hooks around my neck and pulls me off stage so that you don't spend the rest of the, the day editing? Suspenders. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a cane, but we do have suspenders. So when we, when we get close to the when we get close to the one hour we could mark, I'll be like, okay, at this time, you got to pull out suspenders. To be aware of our guest's precious time, let's do suspenders. 
we ask you a fun random question that's not related to anything, and you can give us any fun random answer that uh, you feel like. Uh, and since this uh, anniversary is so special, we can do it all together if you want to. The question goes: If you were a ghost and could possess people, what would you make them do? Wow. Um, this past week. Uh, a TA in one of my classes randomly stood on his head and started singing ballads from the 90s. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> um, it was amazing. Uh, so if I were a ghost and I could possess people, I would make everyone stand on their heads and sing ballads from the 90s. That is amazing. That's a great answer. I was going to say dance because that's what ghosts all seem to do in the movies. <laughs> what I would want to do is I would possess people and I would make them walk to somewhere beautiful, like a, a beach where they can watch the sunset or, or a bench where they can sit with, by themselves or sit on the grass and look into the sky or something like that. And I'd actually give them the control back over their own body, but I, I would stay in their head <laughs> and I would ask them, Hey, I'm a ghost, but what are your demons? See, this is why you don't like Kevin go last <laughs> every time. Uh, yeah. Another another fun suspender behind the scene. This suspenders came from a game that Kevin, Sophia and I play um, in like our weekly calls where we have like these mindfulness questions or we pose them to each other. And that's where suspenders came from. So you can't let Kevin go last. I know this because it always <laughs> is way too deep. <laughs> no, you had an episode where you like, what do you want? And you're like, I want a dog. And then, then Kevin goes. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with your goal being having a dog uh, until Kevin goes. Yeah. You, this all came from a game that Kevin, Sophia, and I play, and we know not to let Kevin. But anyways, Wait, is there an update on the dog? Because I'm also on Team Sophia on this one. <laughs> I, I mean, Sophia's very anti me getting a dog as a whole. Uh, she doesn't think I can handle it, and my mom's also on that side. Uh, I've been moving, uh, but uh, right now it's one of those things that I've talked a lot about that I'm going to goat myself into doing probably in the new year. It's just because I've been moving and I'm traveling a lot for the rest of the year. Have you successfully kept a plant alive yet? I've never had a plant, no. Start with a plant. So a fan. Okay. This is getting this is getting disconcerting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is our top hats. Get a plant, go off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Top Hat. This is the part of the episode where we dissect and analyze some of the key learnings we get from each week's expert storyteller. And this one was a special one because we brought back Dr. Tara Prescott Johnson. And with her, we reflected on our first year in the podcast. It was such a deep and interesting conversation. And you know, Kevin, I want to ask you, reflecting back to our first episode, what were some of the key changes you think we made that really helped us get to this one year mark? <laughs> we had more of a structure and plan for <laughs> what we want to talk about uh, for, for a recording session with our guests. Obviously, 
that first episode being, you know, the start of everything. We had no idea what we're doing. I mean, we still kind of don't, but uh, it was really a starting point where we realized, okay, we uh, needed way more planning and structuring. And that along with many other aspects that, that we um, experimented along the way, we are able to get to where uh, we are today, where, you know, we're still improving, but uh, obviously the second conversation with, with Tara, I think, felt a lot less dysfunctional than our uh, first one is, if you remember that. For sure. I mean, and yeah, structure is everything. I agree. I think our first conversation with Tara, we recorded for like two hours. We had no idea what we were doing. She had to break. So how are we going to end this? Um, now, you know, we stick to a schedule. We have a plan. And even though we really let our storytellers drive the format and the flow, we are still very structured in our approach. And that has changed everything from an editing standpoint, from a listening standpoint, from a flow standpoint, from a theme standpoint. So yeah, structure has been a big key. And then I think the other one is just learning the ins and outs of podcasting from a technical standpoint, learning how to edit better, learning how to use the mics better. And still, we are so far off than some of the really expert storytellers that do this. But these little changes we've made have made a big difference in running our show and learning how to balance it, learning how to balance it with our lives and our responsibilities, not feeling as a job, but feeling as an outlet where we can explore storytelling. But I know we don't want to get too deep into this yet. In our next episode, it's going to be our season finale, episode 25. Uh, We're going to go farther than just a one-year reflection. We're going to dive deep into some of the key learnings we got from storytelling as a whole. And what's the future of podcasting for the Linen Student Plastic Tie? What's the future for us? We're going to start to scratch the surface on that as well. Keep an eye out for uh, our season finale. Uh, and in case anyone has been curious, as a bilingual person, I dream and think in both languages I speak. This has been another episode of the Linen Suit and Plastic Tie Podcast. We love you. We appreciate you. You're amazing. You're doing amazing. Thank you for riding this journey with us. One year, everyone. Hey, congrats, Rolf. Congrats, Kev. I love you. Love you, too. This is Windsor and Pasta Tie.